Brought to you by PrayLatin.com, makers of prayer cards featuring complete English phonetic renderings of Latin pronunciations. There's an interesting and very much needed public battle breaking out between two different prelates of the church. On one side, you have a cardinal who is very much a Bergoglian heretic of the worst kind, Cardinal McElroy of San Diego, recently made a cardinal by Francis in a, in a what can only be described as a most pure, breathtakingly rigid act of political ideology. And on the other side is Bishop Pat Rocky of Springfield, Illinois, who called out McElroy, though not by name, for promoting heresy within the church. Bishop Paprocki went so far as to say that cardinals guilty of heresy should not be allowed to participate in the next conclave to choose Francis' successor whenever that happens. And he did so by quoting the Code of Canon Law. This public confrontation of McElroy by Paprocki has caused a stir on social media from McElroy's biggest cheerleaders, both among laity and in the priesthood. And it's likely to continue and spill over into the laity. As I go over this story today, remember the warning of Our Lady of Akita. Cardinal will be against cardinal. Bishop will oppose bishop. That warning is turning more and more real every day. So let's get into the story. But first, I wanted to thank the patrons of Return to Tradition for their continued support of the work that I do here. For like a dollar a month, they keep these stories coming. So thanks to them for their continued support in these times. If you want to support this channel, you can through the options in the description box below, including Subscribestar, which is a speech-respecting platform that's an alternative to Patreon, as well as to Patreon itself, or clicking that Join button. You get some uh, early access to some videos, and you get uh, some the occasional exclusive patron-only item. Thanks, and on to a story that I'll file under good news, because it is good news whenever a good bishop stands up for the truths of the faith publicly. Let's start with what has caused all this drama to begin with. Over the past few months, Cardinal McElroy has been publishing a series of articles in both the National Catholic Reporter and American Magazine, you know, both of which are bastions of modernism of the nastiest lavender-tinted variety. His articles are basically a long-running thesis on the need to change the church's teaching on what I have to call around here the James Martin sin. McElroy does this by making an argument for what he calls radical inclusion, and by that alone you can tell but he's making an argument for the church basically baptizing the various values of the world. In his own words, McElroy states the church is forging essentially a new identity for itself, that the church changed fundamentally at Vatican II into something new. From his article, quote, What paths is the church being called to take in the coming decades? While the synodal process already underway has just begun to reveal some of these paths, the dialogues that have taken place identify a series of challenges that the people of God must face if we are to reflect the identity of a church that is rooted in the call of Christ, the apostolic tradition, and the Second Vatican Council. Many of these challenges arise from the reality that a church that is calling all women and men to find a home in the Catholic community contains structures and cultures of exclusion that alienate all too many from the church or make their journey in the Catholic faith tremendously burdensome. It is important at this stage in the synodal process for the Catholic community in the United States to deepen our dialogue about these structures and cultures of exclusion for two reasons. The first is to continue to contribute to the universal discernment on these issues, recognizing that these same questions have surfaced in many nations of the world. The second reason is the recognition that since the call to synodality is a call to continuing conversion, reforming our own structures of exclusion 
will require a long pilgrimage of sustained prayer, reflection, dialogue, and action, all of which should begin now, end quote. Ah, yes, the reform and conversion of the church. Cardinal McElroy goes on to make the case the church has excluded two groups from, the re from real participation in the life of the church. Women, whom he says have been barred from leadership in the church, going so far as to say that the, quote, ordination of women is not doctrinally precluded, meaning that the church should change what it's taught since the very beginning on that subject. He's not being exactly ambiguous about that either. McElroy says that this is something the church should deal with in the ongoing and extended synodal, synodal sessions in 2023 and 2024. And of course, the other group that has been excluded are those people with the inclinations that Father James Martin spends far too much time thinking about for a priest. I mean, it really is unbecoming of a priest that he spends that much time thinking about this stuff. McElroy claims that being opposed to essentially normalizing their way of life and the sins they take quite literal pride in is against the gospel, going so far as to claim Benedict XVI would be okay with these goals of the synodal process. Invoking Benedict's name in defense of sins he spent his life fighting against is a wicked, dishonest act, but it's also pretty shrewd because he's trying to win support from sort of the middle, middle typical Catholic. But it's what we come to expect from the Bergoglian regime in Rome. And the story, truth be told, isn't exactly new. I covered McElroy's statement a few weeks ago, promising to revisit it because the Cardinal has promised to continue to write on this subject, though he actually hasn't released his promised follow-up yet, though I would expect to see that in the next week or two. But this became relevant a month after its release because Bishop Paprocki of Springfield, Illinois, had an article published that really upset, upset the James Martins of the church. Headline from First Things, Imagining a Heretical Cardinal. Okay, look, First Things is a mainstream Catholic outlet. It's a conservative, mainstream outlet. It's not exactly a rad trad outlet. It's about as mainstream as you can get without being directly approved of by the Vatican. Bishop Paprocki runs a thought experiment where he asks his reader to imagine in their mind a cardinal of the church being an open heretic. And then he proceeds to basically list everything McElroy has been arguing for. Here's a prime example of that, right from the beginning of the article. Quote, Imagine if a cardinal of the Catholic Church were to publish an article in which he condemned, quote, a theology of Eucharistic coherence that multiplies barriers to the grace and gift of the Eucharist, and stated that, quote, unworthiness cannot be the prism of accompaniment for disciples of, God, of the God of grace and mercy. Or what if a cardinal of the Catholic Church were to state publicly that activities of a James Martin variety are not sinful and that pairings of these kinds should be blessed by the Church? Until recently, it would be hard to imagine any successor of the apostles making such heterodox statements. Unfortunately, it is not uncommon today to hear Catholic leaders affirm unorthodox views that, not too long ago, would have been espoused only by heretics. Heretic and heresy are strong words, which contemporary ecclesiastical politeness has softened to gentler expressions such as our separated brethren or the Christian faithful who are not in full communion with the Catholic Church. The reality is that those who are separated and not in full communion are separated and not in full communion because they reject essential truths of, quote, the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. See the epistle of Jude, chapter 1, verse 3. Thus, it is deeply troubling to consider the possibility that prelates holding the office of diocesan bishop in the Catholic Church may be separated or not in full communion because of heresy. Yet both the cases mentioned above would in fact involve heresy, 
since heresies defined as, quote, the obstinate denial or obstinate doubt after the reception of baptism of some truth which is to be believed by divine and Catholic faith. See Canon 751 of the Code of Canon Law. What then constitutes some truth which is to be believed by divine and Catholic faith? End quote. We'll get back to Bishop Paparocki in a moment. He called McElroy a heretic. Now, he didn't name him, but he is quoting McElroy's article in that our excerpt verbatim. And that's just to start the article, he does it a lot more throughout. He's calling a cardinal in the good graces of Francis and his synodal church a heretic. He goes on to quote the Code of Canon Law and its definition of heresy. I'll provide that here for you. Quote, According to Canon 750, a person must believe with divine and Catholic faith all those things contained in the Word of God, written or handed on, that is, in the one deposit of faith entrusted to the Church, and at the same time proposed as divinely revealed, either by the solemn magisterium of the Church or by its ordinary and universal magisterium, which is manifested by the common adherence of the Christian faithful under the leadership of the sacred magisterium. Therefore, all are bound to avoid any doctrines whatsoever contrary to them. In 1998, Pope John Paul II added a second paragraph to Canon 750, which states, Furthermore, each and everything set forth definitively by the magisterium of the Church regarding teaching on faith and morals must be firmly accepted and held, namely those things required for the holy keeping and faithful exposition of the deposit of faith. Therefore, anyone who rejects propositions which are to be held def definitively sets himself against the teaching of the Catholic Church. End quote. The article goes on and makes a very clear, compelling, and not terribly subtle case that Cardinal McElroy is a heretic. Paparocki goes on and reminds us that the Code of Canon Law automatically excommunicates heretics from the Church, meaning that he's saying McElroy isn't actually a cardinal since a cardinal has to be a Catholic and that McElroy has excommunicated himself, thus vacating his office. Again, he says this without naming him specifically, but while quoting his article verbatim. He ends his piece by calling on Rome to remove him from office because any such person in the church can't hold an office like that. And really, to be have his office vacated formally, Rome has to act. Quote, Canon 194 provides for removal from an ecclesiastical office by the law itself in the following cases. One, a person who has lost the clerical state. Two, a person who has publicly defected from the Catholic faith or from the communion of the church. And three, a cleric who has attempted marriage, even if only civilly. However, Canon 194 adds this restriction. The removal can be enforced only if it is established by the declaration of a competent authority. Only the Pope can remove a cardinal from office or dismiss him from the clerical state in the case of heresy or other grave crimes. If he does not do so, the unseemly prospect arises of a cardinal, excommunicated latte sententia due to heresy, participating in a papal conclave. We must pray that the Holy Spirit will not let this happen, and will inspire anyone who espouses heretical views to renounce them and seek reconciliation with our Lord and his church. End quote. As you might imagine, this has caused quite a stir online. Pastor Jimmy Martin of the Jesuit Church expressed his sadness at Bishop Paparocki rejecting Christ's call for love and inclusion and the rest of it. Quote, Not content with condemning Cardinal McElroy's article in America Magazine about love, mercy, and inclusion in the style of Jesus, the name-calling begins. Bishop Thomas Paparocki calls Cardinal McElroy 
or, quote, imagines calling him a heretic. Such division in the church is a source of pain and scandal for Catholics, but the opposition to inclusion shouldn't surprise us. Jesus faced exactly the same critiques. In the story of Zacchaeus, when Jesus offers welcome to the tax collector, the Gospel of Luke tells us the crowd's response. All who saw it began to grumble and said, He has gone to be the guest of one who is a sinner. Daniel J. Harrington, S.J., the New Testament scholar, once told me that the Greek word used for all, panta, meant everyone in the crowd, including the disciples. The grumbling continues today. For a more pastoral approach to these questions, why not read Cardinal McElroy's original piece? End quote. Ah yes, Bishop Paprocki isn't being pastoral because he believes sins actually are sins and have eternal consequences for the sinner, and that the church shouldn't endorse things that lead souls to perdition, and that any bishop doing so should have their office vacated. How very dare he! Pastor Jimmy isn't the only one crying about this. Christopher Lamb, who writes for the tablet out of the UK, which used to be a once mighty outlet for actual orthodoxy, but has become essentially the UK's version of America magazine, said this in his response to Bishop Paprocki doing his job. Quote, Bishop Paprocki, who recently misread canon law regarding the Pope's restrictions on the pre-Vatican II liturgy, now accuses Cardinal McElroy of being a heretic. This is the significant ramping up of the rhetoric from those unhappy with the Francis papacy. This article is part of the proxy war against his pontificate being waged by some in the Anglophone Catholic world. They won't name Francis, but they attack proxies. McElroy, named a cardinal by this pope, Cardinal Hollerick, on the synod, Cardinal Roach, liturgy. End quote. You know, I can't help but notice that Mr. Lamb never goes on to say precisely how Bishop Paprocki misread canon law. And notice how he didn't dare to try to claim that what McElroy is engaged in is anything but heresy. It's a very strange thing to behold from where I'm sitting. I get the feeling this battle isn't exactly done either. We'll absolutely be seeing more of this stuff in the coming days. And if this debate continues, I will bring you an update as needed. For now, let me know what you thought of this in the comments, please. Like and subscribe if you haven't, it does help. Sharing this on social media helps a lot too. And again, thanks to the patrons for their continued support of the work I do here. It is greatly appreciated. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.